Hello, and welcome to Twice Exceptional, teens exploring and living with neurodiversity. My name is Kate, and I am the host of this educational podcast. I'm currently 17 years old, and I have been diagnosed with ADHD since I was 10. Additionally, I was tested for giftedness at a young age, making me twice exceptional. I started this podcast because living with ADHD can be difficult, and I wanted to find a way to reach people and share some information about neurodiversity from someone who is currently dealing with it in their everyday life. Not only am I neurodiverse, but I also have a brother who is neurodiverse, meaning I have seen how symptoms can be portrayed differently in different people. In this podcast, I discuss my own experiences, interview others on their experiences, and share research on neurodiversity. In this particular episode, I spoke to Joe and Cal, two neurodivergent teens who discussed their experiences with ADHD and functional neurological disorder. This interview was split into two parts due to its length, so I will be posting the second part next week. So hi guys, thank you for joining me today. Welcome. Our pleasure. Is if you would each give a brief introduction of yourselves, including your name, your age, and uh, your connection to neurodiversity. My name is uh, Joelle. I'm 16, almost 17, and I have diagnosed ADHD, um, depression, and I think that's it. Yeah, I believe that's it. Um, I'm Cal. I'm 16. I'll be <laughs> 17 soon, uh, later than Joe, but eventually 17. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do have a diagnosed neurological disorder, FND gang. You scattered me, I think, because I'm quirky. <laughs> quirky girl. Sits quietly in English class, talks to one person. <laughs> so when did you guys first hear about neurodiversity or ADHD specifically or autism or any of that? I was in third grade when I was pulled out of class by my mom to go to like a doctor's appointment. She sat there filling out this questionnaire while I span around in the doctor's spinny chair. (laughs) And I feel like that's evidence enough that I exhibited all the symptoms of an ADHD third grade kid, Mm -hmm. like the hyperactivity, talking class. I was in trouble more times than not. Um... But that was my first experience with it. So you first heard about it when you were diagnosed? Mm-hmm. Never before that? Okay. Yeah. I think the specific term neurodivergent, I first heard about it probably age 13 or so. TikTok taught me a lot of stuff. Uh-huh. The internet taught me a lot of things. I'm trying to think. I was always familiar with terms like ADHD and autism. I think the first time I'd heard of ADHD is I had a friend who actually um, sought diagnosis in eighth grade because uh, he was like, hey, wait a minute, this this is kind of not right. And he was. Um, everything else, I don't know, specific to my diagnosis. Um, I'd heard of FND vaguely in terms of like broadly tick disorders, but I didn't really consider it. I thought it was Tourette's until I was going to until I got diagnosed. I won't lie to you. I was going mm-hmm. into there and I'm like, it's Tourette's. It was not Tourette's um so yeah very cool and so then when were you diagnosed Cal because Joe kind of already told that oh um March of this year March 23rd yep 31st was a Friday 23rd Thursday so it was a Thursday I missed school and I snuck back in before seventh period to just mess around in the theater room it was great 
Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Then do you guys have any specific stories that you feel like really shows what it's like to live with neurodiversity? I have vivid memories of in like first grade up. I got, I was a very bouncy, loud kid. I was like, take your normal first grader, like first grade boy levels of energy and then times that by five. Um, I remember there was one time in my kindergarten class, actually, I got in trouble and wasn't able to watch a video with the rest of the class of, um, what was it, Mockingbirds, because I, quote, quote, from my mom, really had to tell them about how I'd be a hot dog for Halloween, (laughs) which sounds absurd now, but, um, and then keep going on. Uh, Once I got medicated, I was suddenly this bright, gifted kid. Um, Then, let's see, a few years later, especially during during quarantine, I think everybody was a bit in that state of, like, depression or whatever. But it really, like, the apathy and all of the negative stuff that not, it's, depression isn't just, sadness a lot of it is apathy and anxiety and pacing around your room at 3 a.m because you don't know what to do with yourself um Mm -hmm. but that time was a lot of when I learned more about myself and my condition I know so much more about hey that that thing you do when you can't get up to do something even though you're trying that's called executive dysfunction that's normal it's normal to flap your hands around when you're excited or happy um which i never knew i hadn't really noticed that that was just a thing i did and not like the rest of the neurotypical people around me but Mm -hmm. um really there's so many examples i could give it's not it would take much longer than this interview just to um, list them all out. I remember the reason I became a percussionist, which is now a big part of my life. Um, you know how in fourth grade they say, well, third grade going into fourth grade, they say, hey, you've got to choose some sort of performing art, either orchestra, choir, or band. You, I chose originally because i was what i like to explain as the popular girl's pet um that um i originally wanted to go into viola because all they were all going into strings so we went to the music store uh the guy there was like hey here try it out i was too small at the time to play viola so i tried the violin hated how it sounded hated like how i wasn't good at it immediately all of that he had me try to try a flute it was the exact same thing I this the whole since this was third grade going into fourth grade the whole ADHD thing was a very new development for me so I casually offhand mention it and this ma'am uh diagnoses me with percussionist and he was completely correct he handed me a bell set and I was hooked for life it's Mm -hmm. been over half my life that I've been playing and uh, I owe it all to this one random, maybe 20-something-year-old in a music store. Do you have any, Cal? Um, shoot, I have a few that pertain to specific diagnosis, a few others. 
Uh, Joe, I want to add on to yours. The first time I met you, you pointed a drill at my head and said lobotomy time. So um, we're, we're chill now. That should, we're chill now. We got back at each other. Uh, awful fist fight yesterday. You know, we're good now. Um, I think my favorite story from this year. Uh, so funny fact, I don't have any accommodations in place, but my physics teacher bent the rules for me on group projects because I was unable to talk to anyone in my physics class. Um, so that's that's kind of funny. You're nodding along. Joe had to work with me twice. <laughs> God bless. And so much in AP Lang too. Oh my God. I um, was in the honors track and I'm in the regular track for physics. So like you like just- It was this, this, the rules were super bent for me. Um, Physics teacher mm -hmm. was a cool guy. I remember I told my mom that one, actually. And she's like, well, see, but if they're accommodating you, you don't need to have formal accommodations in place. And I'm like, yes, I do. That is the point. Yeah. Um, similar to that, uh, a lot of classes, I just kind of sit quietly. It's like, and I'll talk in my history class. Um, there's some people I sat with the whole year because I didn't know anyone in the class. And we would talk. But there would be times, too, where it would, like, really hit me, like, me and these people are not alike and a lot of the things I do come off as weird for no reason because I think I'm being normal they think I'm being weird and dramatic okay one one specific story for that it was physics first quarter near the end we were doing a lab it was going long and, and you know I get jittery about timeliness Joe can tell you that yeah just um I'll say with tick related stuff um I think it was winter break, 2021, they just started. Um, and that was fun. Mm -hmm. I think stories of that that are funny. Um, once on a French field trip, I ticked and it was like a scream. It was really loud. And I didn't want to have to explain what was going on. So I was like, it's a sneeze. Uh, and some guy in my group was like, I don't think that was a sneeze. And my friend Rex, who I mentioned earlier, said it was a sneeze. Um, <laughs> uh -huh. And that that's always a story I hold on to. It's a very fun story. Lie to people. You don't mm -hmm. owe them an explanation. Lie to them. Okay. Going on with that, um, I, I also get ticks sometimes, uh, especially when I'm very cold for some reason. Um, <laughs> Jack Frost. So I remember the first time I ever was doing i ever like experienced them it was a christmas church service of 2021 so around the same time you like two days after like two days after i don't know how you remember all these dates um because you texted and you were like i think i developed ticks and i had just developed ticks too so i'm like oh that's crazy that's why they diagnosed me with fnd because we developed ticks at the same time uh um but we were at like a restaurant after the church service and um the doors were open and I was wearing a short sleeve shirt so all all of the dinner I was I remember I was um I tend to like when I take my arm kind of comes up and I tilt my head this way mm -hmm. um I make like a woo noise um but after then it just happens sometime randomly maybe a few times a week sometimes I'll get like stuck in them which is pretty pretty common and then building off what you said about the you think you are acting normal but people like all that stuff specific examples there's 
I'm in the marching band at school, percussion. And despite knowing a lot of these people since middle school, I do feel like I don't maybe fit in the best. Um, a lot of the times I'm ignored or like looked at weirdly almost um, because I speak very loudly, weird ideas interject at the wrong times. Um, though I have gotten much better about that um, since I was younger. So with these ticks, is there like one specific tick that usually happens or is it like a mix of stuff? Like, I'm just trying to understand. Mine, I have like just one. It's just the like arms, arm comes up um, like a like that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, that's the only one I get. I mm -hmm. guess it's like my body's just OK. That's the movement we're comfortable with. OK. Um, I used to have a whole list somewhere, but I mm -hmm. don't anymore. So I failed. Uh, blinking is common. Uh, sneeze one. All the times you heard us in AP Lang where I would sneeze and Joe would say, bless you. Was that a sneeze? And I said, no, that's a tick. You've got like the, um, let's see, there's the pretty bird one and then the clicking. Yeah, I'll say pretty boy for that one too sometimes. Yeah, pretty boy. I've said pretty cat a few times. A uh, similar woo one, I remember back in like February of last year, like 2022, uh, Joe and I would like feed off of each other. It was really mm. funny. There was one build over winter break when we both had just developed ticks. It was awful. Yeah. It was so Went fun. Back and forth. We were mm -hmm. bonding. Mm -hmm. um, trying to think what else. Back in December 22, January 23, my ticks got to a point where, like, they were bad. They were frequent. Um, I don't know why. I think my body was just having a silly moment, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, but it was a lot. They they were violent. Um, I'm bringing a Joe story into this again. I was at Joelle's house day after finals. Uh, we're just chatting. And suddenly, like, my hand goes to slap my knee. And I just, I get stuck. I can't stop. And then it's, like, a full minute. And then I just break down crying. Because I'm just upset. Um, another time, because we ate lunch in the hallway last year. For the funsies. For the funsies. Um, we weren't forced there. <laughs> we liked it. Um, and these boys would come by. And they would yell out ninja. Because I have blue hair. Um, uh -huh. And that set my ticks off. So my hand gripped into the side of my face. And I couldn't get it up unstuck. And I cried again. Wow. Didn't you do like the the screaming tick again? Yeah, yeah. It's like, why are you screaming? Like, did we upset that blue hair kid that much? Like, um, mm -hmm. no. My neurology is just a little silly. It's goofy. It's quirky. It does not cause me discomfort or pain. So the next thing I'm going to talk about is kind of a two part question. But do you guys tell people about your disorder or form of neurodiversity why or why not um i'm completely open about it um a lot of the people i know like who especially since 
if I remember in the winter time during uh, both marching band and jazz band, because that's what we do in second semester instead of marching band. Um, like when it was really cold um, before band started, because considering this is 630 in the morning, mm -hmm. um, I would be ticking a lot because it was cold. And so I had to explain to my friends around me, hey, that's what this is. Um, and I'm honestly very open about um, just any of my disabilities or disorders in general. Like I'm a type one diabetic, if you can see my sensor there. Um, I like, I tell people I have ADHD and I'm like, Hey, like I meet other people who are the same very frequently because mm -hmm. of that. And we're just like, Hey, sharing experiences. Um, yeah. Then, that over sharing your entire life story. Yes. <laughs> um, but and then oversharing the ADHD thing. Um, and so I'm completely open about it. Part of it is because of the oversharing thing. Part mm -hmm. of it's because like, you know what? You don't like me, you're, you're fault. But you meet so many people who are like you when you're open about it. So I prefer to just have the people who are accepting just go away, like make make it known beforehand, and then being able to connect with the people who are like comfortable with me. Mm -hmm. This depends on the environments because there are two uh -huh. environments uh, aside from home. So really three, there's three environments, home, school, and the theater department. And mm -hmm. my openness level between the two uh, school environments varies. Uh, rest of the school, no way. Um, Unlike Joe, I'm much less social. Um, mm -hmm. I don't really seek out a lot of people just in general at school. So I don't tell them things. And I will try to play it off. I'll be like, that's a sneeze. Or like, I won't give them an explanation. I think a thing too for a while is I wasn't diagnosed with an official tick disorder. So I didn't yeah. want to say something. And I didn't want them to be like, oh, you're a faker. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. actually, I have faker person disorder. So that's a joke. That's a joke. FND is not faker person disorder. It's very complicated. Uh, the TLDR that the doctor gave me is that the stress broke my brain. And I can believe that. Uh, that sounds like something it would do. Um, other other silly, vague, quirky, not diagnosed thing? Uh, no, no, not really. Um, theater department? Yeah, it's pretty known. Because it's like you spend a lot of time with people. And even when you're not super close, you're like, well... I know these guys, like I'll talk to them. I'll say mm -hmm. hello to them in the halls. It's great. You're forced to interact so much that you basically have people that you can be acquaintances with, like on demand. It's, you, it's you really- You can only spend so much time with people without, um, before you become either friends or enemies. Yeah. I have a few enemies. I have a lot of <laughs> friends, though. A lot of lovely people uh -huh. I've uh, met. See, okay, this is the thing too, is that the um, other thing that I probably got clocked on and put on here for is not something diagnosed, but is something that me and the people around me have very heavily peer-reviewed. Um, mm -hmm. And that's kind of vaguely known. So yeah, I was going to say, and within my little, I'll share a little story here instead about someone in my tech theater group. This is not related to anything, but I want to okay. say for one moment on um, neurodiversity, I have this friend, she's a diagnosed autistic, but what's really funny is the guy who diagnosed her got his like license revoked for failing to identify autism. She beat doctor can't diagnose autism. Um, I have been fortunate enough in my life not to face very much discrimination in really any kind. Like, 
the people around me have always been very kind and supportive, if That's not good. very confused. Um, but there's always those people or teachers who say, when it comes to ADHD, I just need to try harder or just do better when I'm actually still doing my best. Like when mm -hmm. I mentioned the executive dysfunction thing, um, my parents, especially like my father, who is actually on the spectrum, but has a hard time understanding like other people with um, neurodiversity. While I want to do something, I can't. Mm -hmm. um, or it's hard to make myself try, which is why I got, I got a bad grade in math this year because the um, place I did my homework was so tedious to access that it made everything more difficult. Um, mm -hmm. But really, it's all about the misconceptions about ADHD that make people act that way. They expect it to all be um, because ADHD presents itself differently in um, like males versus females. Um, like I was lucky enough, well, lucky, like I said, to exhibit the traits of a hyperactive like yeah. ADHD boy. I was talkative and stuff like that. But um, as I've grown up more and more um, symptoms that are like underlying um not underlying, but different than the typical um, bouncing off the walls, can't stop talking type thing, like um, rejection sensitive dysphoria, which manifests as like an actual physical pain in response to rejection and stuff like that. And people don't tend to really understand because they've never experienced it themselves. And it's just a thing where they expect you to try harder when you're already trying your best. Mm -hmm. um, I do, I can't uh, relate with um, executive function stuff in terms of schoolwork. Um, I get, I get a, my executive dysfunction in the sense of emotional dysregulation really badly mm -hmm. and that they're all, all the feelings are all wide of whack. Uh, reactions are out of control. I think the main thing uh, that I've been dealing with uh, for a while, which is, got a little amplified in um, high school is this idea that it's not that hard to like talk. I just need to try harder and talk more and be more social. And I beat myself up over it too. I think like, okay, well, all these teachers are being so nice to you about this, but why can't you just try hard enough to be normal? We love the internalized ableism. Like, why can't you just try harder and talk to people or try harder and find a group or find partners and sometimes, you know, you feel it too. And it's just so overwhelming that you shut down and you're not able to talk. Um, I actually had, fun fact, late August, I had my first shutdown. So that was fun. I went nonverbal for like an hour. And that, that was fun because you don't really know what's happening. You just know that suddenly it's painful to speak. And um that's fun. And you still, you think to yourself, like, what's wrong with you? Why can't you talk? And you open your mouth, but nothing's coming out. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of what I face has been internal or driven from my environment mm -hmm. that growing up in, because you think to yourself still like, ah, oh, damn, you know, you could be normal. You're just not doing it well enough. I hope you guys enjoyed hearing from Joe and Cal and we'll listen next week to hear the rest of their insights. 
If you'd like to share your story or thoughts with me, feel free to reach out through email to twiceexceptionalpodcast at gmail.com or message me on Instagram or TikTok at twice underscore exceptional podcast. Consider following the podcast on social media or sharing it with others to keep spreading the word about the complexities of neurodiversity.